0: Hey there, my name is Aaron Deal, and I'm a half-Southern, half-Midwestern mama, some call this voice a nasal twang, who took $5,000 to build and scale a one-of-a-kind experiential organization that improves the lives of corporate professionals through personal development, humanity, and humor. Along the way, I've built client relationships with some of the most notable companies in the country, all while attracting a rock star team of experts and hilarious facilitators. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, what I didn't tell you is that my resume also includes a long list of comedy shows I bombed, improv teams I didn't make, companies who told me no, and many a heartache when it came to becoming a mother. I want to show you the real deal of the grit, creativity, and determination it takes to overcome your disappointments, embrace the suck, and design the career you could only dream about. I believe we all have our own unique gifts that we bring to the world and it is our mistakes that help to unwrap them. Welcome to Failed It. Welcome to the Failed It podcast, the podcast that reminds you, you have to fail in order to improve. I'm Erin Deal, the founder of Improve It and your host, and today, I am thrilled to introduce my guest, Osva Malek. Give it up, Osva. Golf claps. Getting you bringing it in. Thank you. Yes, golf claps. So I'm going to read your amazing bio to our Failed It fam here just to give them high level understanding of who you are, and then we'll get to failing it. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. So Aspa Malik is the VP of Learning and Development at the Addison Group. And she has spent the better part of her 27-year career helping others achieve their growth goals. Now, not only is she responsible for developing talent, but also making sure they feel involved and heard as she builds out their diversity, equality, and inclusion strategy. But wait, there's more. She is also creating the leadership development programs for their current and future leaders. She's won a few awards for her leadership in developing people and has learned many lessons along the way. Now, the road was not an easy one traveled. There were many bumps along the way, but the biggest one was her own fear of Failure, mm-hmm. got to get into that, so much so that she walked a super straight line, avoiding failure. It took her a while to figure out that facing fears will actually lead to more success, not less. Being a woman of color is not a journey for the faint of heart. It means having to grow taller, she's only five feet tall, speak louder, she's an introvert, and stand out. She loves her camo. Now, today, we are going to get to know her failures really well. So, Asma, welcome again to the Failed It Podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to share all of my failures.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I also love that you set up this bio to talk about your failures, which is the best bio, honestly, I've ever read because it just makes my job easier. So, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, so you and I met a while ago, back when you were at IRI, which you were with for 25 years. I was with Improve It. We did a demo for your team. And I'll never forget watching you in this tiny conference room in the office, packed with people. And as I mentioned in your bio, you are tiny. Um, but you are such a force. And your team looked up to you so much. And I've truly enjoyed connecting with you on LinkedIn, reading your posts, and then learning about this new journey for you with Addison Group. And recently, we had you at Improve It's Roundtable for Learning and Development Leaders. And I was like, yes, let's get this woman on the show. So I'm so happy to have you. Wanted to give our listeners an overview of how we met. But let's start with that bio that you gave me. You like set me up for this, which I love. you mentioned you had a fear of failure, and I would say that most people would say that who likes to fail, right? But what stood out to you the most about your
1: fear? Um, what really stood out for me, and, and I knew when I was doing it, is that I was too afraid to fail. So therefore, I didn't even try. And when you don't try, that's an automatic failure. And I didn't really realize that. I thought that if I did something that went against the grain or shared my voice, that it would it would stop me. Someone else would stop me. And, and I think that that's really what my biggest fear was, is that I would fail or someone else would stop me from doing it. So I just didn't even bother trying. And it frustrated me you know, it, it took a toll on me mentally as well. Mm-hmm. And uh it took me a really long time to find my voice. And then when I did, you know, you saw it loud and clear, didn't you?
0: Mm, I sure did. I sure did. And you're you are this tiny little woman who commands the room. And I love it. And let me ask you this. So you're coming from years in corporate America, 27 years. And, you know, you had a really long career with IRI, which is amazing. I mean, to this day, 25 years is a beautiful length of time. As a, re- a former recruiter myself, seeing that on a resume is wonderful. So let me ask you this. Would you say that failure is less accepted in corporate America than in entrepreneurship? What What would you say corporate America sort of teaches you about failure?
1: Corporate America teaches you to not fail. And if you fail, you will be, you will have consequences. So when you think about corporate America, we have performance management, we have objective setting, and we're set up right there that if you don't meet your objectives, you failed. And therefore, yeah. you will not get the full bonus. Therefore, you will not get the best rating. And, and so because there's such a fear of, of not making their objectives or their goals, that they don't step out. They don't take risks. They don't do anything that's going to stop them from achieving their objectives. On the entrepreneurial side, really, it's who loses when you fail? It's you. And then you have to figure out, how am I going to stand up and try it again? You yeah. don't have other people judging you. You don't have a manager saying that you, know, you didn't meet your goals, so therefore you're not going to get your bonus or you're only going to get 20% of your bonus. You don't, you don't have that. And then when you have your successes, when you do stand up and you do overcome failure, who do you have to thank? It's yourself again. But you get to reap all of the benefits. You get to reap all of those joys. But when you're working in corporate America, your successes actually leads to someone else's successes. So that's, I think that that's a main difference. And that's where you've got entrepreneurs who, you know, are saying that I don't want to go back into corporate because I want to, my effort, I want it to be for me and what I'm trying to accomplish, not achieving someone else's goals.
0: Yeah, man. I love this answer. And you're so absolutely right, I think for you listening to your answer, I want to ask you a question within your answer, if you will. um, what was the real standout moment for you when you said, "You know what i'm not gonna I'm not gonna be afraid anymore. I'm going to find my voice." What would you say?" Turned for you because you said, you know, I found it. I, I stopped caring about failure. I walked the straight line and then I stopped caring. What was that pivotal moment for you?
1: Well, it's kind of funny because uh, a lot of people might think of it as a failure. But, you know, when I think about my career, and yes, I spent 25 years at one company and, you know, I immersed myself in the culture. I was truly loyal. But one of my proudest moments was when I finally stood up for myself and used my voice. And you know what my words were? What? My words were, I have to quit. (laughs) I I, That's when I really found my voice. And, you know, I had pockets of finding my voice because when you're leading a learning and development function, when you're standing up and teaching a class, yeah, I'm sharing my voice. And I got to share my opinions and I got to share my thoughts and I got to give advice and I got to mentor. I got to do all of that. But when it came to my career, I let other people decide where my career was going. Yeah. And it was, there was a moment, uh, October 24th, 2018, where I said, I just couldn't take it anymore in my head. And I, I was done letting other people decide where I was going to go. And when I finally found my voice, my words were, I have to quit. And I stood up for myself. I don't regret it. I found my joy. I found my voice and I found a new purpose. I redirected. I pivoted my life. And, you know, I, I was extremely sad. I'd been at that company for 25 years. I had such love for the people and from the role and the position that I had at the company, but I had I had a goal for myself and the way that I was being pivoted, uh, and I say this, I was being pivoted, not I pivoted, uh, mm. there's a difference. But when I was being pivoted, it wasn't where I wanted to go and it wasn't what I wanted to do. And that's when I took back my voice and I took back my gifts that I can offer to the company and I said, they're mine and I'm going to decide. And yes you know, part of me, I I didn't value myself. I measured my worth off of someone else's opinion, opinions, or actions. And I did this both personally and professionally. And it took me a really long time to wake up and realize my worth was mine to set, mine. Hmm. And I vowed that no man, no woman, or colleague was going to decide my worth or my direction. And when I did that, I became stronger, and today I can say that I did it. And so, yes, it was one of my saddest moments, but it was also really my proudest moment.
0: Wow, girl, I have chills. I'm not even kidding, and it's not for my sinus infection. It is from this. Okay, I first of all, you know, I know before you and I even talked about you coming on the show, I told you who the we call ourselves the Failed It Fam is, and I know that there are young leaders right now listening who are in corporate America who your words just resonated with on a real level. So let me just before we keep diving into your, you know, background and failed at resume here, what would you say to let's just say it's a it's a 25, 26 year old young woman in corporate America who feels like she's not her voice is not being heard. What action would you tell her to take right now? And it may, it may be a guide, too. I'm not going to say just her, but you know, we, I'm, I'm rocking the, she, the she's right
1: now. What would you say to her? Well, I think the first thing, especially, and I think back to when I was that age, I didn't have the same level of confidence and experience in life. Mm-hmm. And I was ruled by if I speak up, they're gonna they're gonna fire me or I might get demoted or I will be retaliated against. And my guidance and advice to women who are younger who feel that they're not being respected are are not being valued. One, take a deep look at yourself. What 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 can you control? You can only control what you do in and what you think and how you think. So think about what is your role in them not respecting you. Is it that you don't know you're you're not experienced you didn't take the class that you needed to take you didn't learn what you needed to learn think about what what is your role in that and then once you realize that okay, these are the three things that I can do and and I would say one of my this is not my answer to uh what my hashtag or life mantra would be, but <laughs> one of them would be never stop learning so You're early on in your career. You just graduated college. You're sick and tired of reading books and studying. Well, I I hate to tell you this, but when you join corporate America or when you join any company, learning doesn't stop. You Mm -hmm. still have to find the time. At least when you were in college, you knew that your classes were at a certain time. And then in the evenings and on the weekends, you were going to be studying. Well, you're going to have to do the same thing when you're in corporate America, especially when you're early on in your career. And I'll tell you, I do that even now. 27 years later, I'm still learning. I'm still educating myself. I still want to grow. So I would say, make sure that you do everything in your power to make sure that you know what's going on. Educate yourself. Continue to learn. And then when someone does, when you do feel like you're being disrespected, I would, I would have one on one conversations I would uh, muster up as much maturity as you can maybe even find a mentor to talk to and get some advice and then go have a one on one conversation with the person that you feel is disrespecting you
0: mm, love it let me okay there's so much juicy chicken nuggets like <laughs> there are nuggets of wisdom here and i gotta I gotta break them down okay so you have so much Great knowledge in what you just said, and I think um anyone who is of that mindset can take so much and just immediately apply it. One thing I think people have a hard time with is finding a mentor, so on that notion of mentorship, how have you found mentors in your life and and asked them to be your mentor essentially?
1: Mentoring is extremely important it's and, and you know when you think about just thinking about this, the the social dynamics, we have multiple generations in a workforce. We have millennials that are taking over the world. We have Gen Xers that are starting to kind of retreat, and they're either in more leadership type roles or they're they're starting to leave the workforce. And you've got the baby boomers that are still there. So when you have multiple generations like that, we can all learn from each other. When I was younger... I I were At IRI, we didn't have a mentoring program. We didn't have a formal program, not for many years. And I was part of the formal program. But before that, I knew that I wanted to be better. I wanted to be a great public speaker. I wanted to excel in my career. And I wanted that promotion. So I looked at the people. And I'm not singling out women or men. I'm just saying the people that had the roles or had the qualities that I wanted. And I knew that I didn't have, but I knew that I wanted it. And because I wanted it, I wanted them to help me. And when you go to someone who has a skill or is really good at something, they're really flattered when you go to them and you ask them, I want to be like you. You are a phenomenal public speaker. Can you help me? Can you coach me? Will Mm. you give me feedback prior to my next big presentation? Mm. And mm-hmm. when you go to them and you ask them and you make it you, you target them. So don't just say, Can you be my mentor? But give them something specific. Why do you want me to be your mentor? Oh, it's because I'm a great public speaker. Fine, I'm gonna help you. Now I know what you need. And then hold up your end of the bargain. You're the one who is asking for help, so therefore you're the one who has to chase them a little bit. You set up the meetings, you approach them. That and don't be mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. Don't really, don't be afraid. I have two mentors right now. I have a male, a white male, um, mentor who is the next generation above me. I also have a senior woman mentor because having different perspectives at every stage of your life, whether you are a millennial or you're a Gen X like I am or a baby boomer or even a traditional, we all have something to learn from each other. And so, Find mentors along your career, and the mentors that I had earlier on in my career—they are some of my best friends, and I still go to them for advice. Mm,
0: I love that. I feel like this is another episode on mentorship, so you just—you <laughs> just spurred that topic into existence. Great topic. So, it really is, and I know so many people struggle with that. So fantastic answer. Um, and I want to—I want to kind of steer back really quick to what I like to call your failure resume. Okay, so when I, when I look to you, I see this very strong, confident woman who's been in corporate America for 27 years, who is leading the charge at this really fun company in Chicago. Okay. I wanna start somewhere that you, with one thing you highlighted in your bio, and you said, being a woman of color is not for the faint of heart. Talk about that. When you put that in there, you know I've I know some of the wonderful nuggets of wisdom you can you can spur on this topic because I watched you in a roundtable with a lot of L and D leaders. We host virtual roundtables for learning and development leaders at Improve It, and you were just a plus like your the, the knowledge fountain that you were spitting was insane. So talk to our audience about. What you meant by being a woman of color is not for the faint of heart.
1: When you have people of color, they come from different cultures. And my culture is one where women are supposed to be quiet. We are supposed to be a little subservient. And as time goes by, that culture is evolving. But I'm a little bit older. And so my my culture taught me that I should be quiet. I should do as I'm told. And that's just so not my personality. Then you've got so that's the culture part of it, and then there's the whole my own personality. I am more introverted. I I'm one of those introverts that can act like a, an extrovert, and I do that for my job. I have to. I can't be shy and teach a class in front mm-hmm. of 200 people or even 10 people, and it that part just automatically comes out. So what you saw at the round table, I. I immediately have one I'm very passionate about what I do and so it's very hard for me to contain myself and not to share my ideas but when I started out I w- I had in my head these conflicting I'm supposed to be quiet but 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 I have so much to say and so I started out in operations and I realized operations is not something that I am good at. It's just not for me. And I moved into sales and I moved into sales very by accident, to be quite honest. I just was naturally selling and I was selling when I wasn't even supposed to be selling. And so they moved me into more of a sales role. Well, typically in sales, you're working with men and um, I'm five feet tall and I am a woman of color Sometimes I'm shy and sometimes I'm not. And uh, when I know something, uh, that's when my uh, I, I'm more extroverted. When I'm not, when I don't know anything, and I'm in that learning kind of moment, that's when I'm more quiet. Well, I was in a I was in a lot of those learning moments, so I tend to be a little bit more quiet. And so a lot of the the gentlemen that I worked with, you know, they didn't take advice from me, and they thought I looked a lot younger. I I tend to look a little bit younger than I really am. And so they didn't take me as seriously, and so I just kept thinking, "Wow, do I need to shrink back or do I need to stand up?" And that's when I, I really fought with myself inside my head. And sometimes the fear of trying one, and sometimes I just said, "Well," I, and these were conversations that I had in my head. But sometimes I just, I just have to do it. I have to say it. And if they don't hear me, that's fine. But at least I said it. And that's why it was really difficult for me. And you know, it, it. there were not a lot of Indian women in market research. There's not a lot of Indian women in any type of a sales role. So I was always that minority. I was a minority because I was a woman. I was a minority because I was a minority. And then I had to really I had to figure out how am I going to how am I going to make my numbers if I don't have conversations with people? So it, it gave me the courage. And then also kind of going back to what we talked about before is I had objectives and I had to make a certain number. And if I didn't make that number, I wouldn't have a job. So that was another fear that I had of of losing my job. So I knew that I had to make my number and I had to figure it out. And there weren't a lot of role models. There weren't a lot of mentors for me. I did look at women. I even looked at men to be my role models. How can I make it in a sales role? And I remember when I moved over into sales, my potential new boss asked me, he's like, you know, your name is kind of hard to pronounce. And uh, you're, you're a little bit different. So do you find that hard? Do you find that people don't remember you? And my response to him was actually almost immediate. And it was no, quite the opposite. I think people remember me. People remember me because I'm not what people expected. I am small. I am brown, and I am a woman. And when I do speak, I do speak with authority, and that was just a voice that I was born with. But I had to train it a little bit, also, so it doesn't sound like I'm, you know, trying to take over. But when I speak, people do listen, and I've been given that gift. And and I got the he literally offered me the job right after I gave him that explanation. And it was mainly because he wanted sales, like his clients and our clients to remember me and Mm. to remember the things that I said. So that helped me tremendously.
0: Oh my God. Asma, This is literally one of my favorite episodes and not just because of this story. I mean, there are so many young women of color listening to this podcast. Okay? I want you to know and I know I know what your life's purpose is. We've talked about it, but I know your mission and I know that you have the power to help so many young women do what you're doing. Hey failed It fam, are you a leader for a small or large team that's stuck working from home? Are you missing the in-office happy hours or training sessions that allow people to interact and get to know each other? Are you sick of staring at a spreadsheet and you want something that will not only enhance team morale but also build soft skills? Then improve it has your back we've pivoted all 11 of our in-person soft skill training workshops to this virtual environment using zoom we'll create a memorable hour and a half experience that can train your team on things like effective communication leadership thinking quickly on your feet presentation skills and networking all in this virtual environment Leading a team of interns, let us wow them with our Career 101 workshop. Leading a sales team who's figuring out how to cold call or even warm call in this virtual world. Have our team of improv professionals facilitate our sales training workshop. If this is the spice that your team needs to get out of this work from home rut, email us at info at it.com. Again, that's info at learntoimproveit.com, and that's T O it.com. Or you can head to our website, it.com to learn more. We would love to help you improve your it virtually, whatever your it might be. I want to go back to something you said, which was, I was born with this gift. When I talk, people listen. How did you realize, A, that it was a gift, but B, I mean, you even said I had to fine tune it. How can somebody who's, who knows that they have knowledge and is passionate about specific things find their own voice like that? Where would you say you got that from?
1: Well, first, I didn't want to sound arrogant. And when you said it, it sounded a little arrogant. And I no. certainly didn't mean it that way at all. No. One is I have a deeper voice. And that has helped me.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. Because okay. I'm telling you, the day I met you at IRI, it's not even the deeper voice. It's just the you have the confidence. You, you carry yourself like what I'm saying makes sense. Listen you know, and that's, I, I find it refreshing. I'm like, yes, let me follow that. Right. As a person who's had leaders and is a leader, I'm that voice right there is something that so many people aspire to. So don't be pleased. Don't be ashamed of that because that is not arrogant at all. It's actually what I think most people want to feel. They want their voice to come across as if They know what they're talking about, and you do.
1: Well, you met me in year 25 of my career Mm. and met me years after I learned those lessons. Mm. And so you saw the result of all of the heartache that I had to go through, and you saw the result of someone who worked really, really hard on their self-esteem. And the way that I worked on my self-esteem and I grew my confidence was, one, Never stop learning. So I made it my mission every day to end my day by one reflecting on what I learned today and then learning something new before I went to bed. So mm-hmm. I am on LinkedIn reading articles. I love Harvard Business Review, I love Success Magazine chief learning officer, there's always something that you can learn. And I wanted to make sure that I learned something every day. So that was a culmination of maybe 10 or 15 years of really putting an effort into learning so that when you and I have a conversation and you want to talk about improv, which is something that I don't know anything about, I think I know enough to be dangerous to hold a conversation with you. Mm. So I have something to say about almost any topic. I'm not someone that says, well, it's not part of my job. So therefore, I don't need to know it. When we start bucketing ourselves, and we start putting boundaries around what we're supposed to know and what we're not supposed to know, that's when we do lose our voice. That is when other people can control our destiny. That is when people can make decisions for us. And so I I realized that my confidence is going to come from a couple of places. One is educating myself and always spending time making sure that I am learning something. And two was positive reinforcement. I am someone who asks for feedback all the time. Anytime I give a presentation, anytime I teach a class, anytime I host a meeting, I want feedback because I want to be better the next time. And I love when people give me positive feedback. That is amazing. That I really, it is. But where my learning and where my growth comes from is from the things that I could have done better. And it's okay to give each other negative feedback. Hmm. As long as it's not positioned to hurt someone. And it may hurt, but it's how you say it. So when you give feedback, giving feedback is a responsibility. And part of that responsibility is how you position it and how you say it in the words that you use. And as long as the intention is around helping someone grow, it will be taken with that intent. So never stop learning, ask for feedback, and practice, practice, practice. Confidence comes from practicing. Mm. I am someone that when I was in sales, the bad habits, they were terrible we would be putting our final touches of our presentation together 15 minutes before we're supposed to walk in and give a client presentation. No one knew what their slides were. We didn't know the flow. We didn't have handoffs in place. Practicing is so incredibly important that when you're putting your timeline together and you know that you have to give a presentation or you're going to participate in a meeting, you work in at least a few hours of practice before you get up there. You will see that one, you'll come across like, you know what you're talking about. You won't be using those filler words and you're going to love it. It's the fear that you have will melt away. And sure, everyone is nervous before you give a presentation. That just happens. I, I get nervous every single time I was nervous. I logged into this, to this podcast 30 minutes in advance because I wanted to make sure that I was, I was setting myself up for success. And all of these little things, and we all know what, what we all need. I have my own ritual. You may have a completely different ritual, but it works for you. So figure out what works for you and do it.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. This is, what are we going to pull from this episode, quote-wise? I don't know. I literally don't know. You're going to have a Pinterest board full of quotes, Ospa. Okay. It's just <laughs> going to be just this episode girl. Yes. Okay. So, so many great. You answered so many questions that I have for you in just that one second. So I'm completely blown away by your wisdom, your knowledge. And I think so many people a part of the failed at family are going to walk away from this episode and feel inspired to do and be better and just keep growing and learning. And that's what this is all about. Because when we think about these fails, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see them. We think about, okay, I failed at this, and you know an improv, as you said, you can hold you're dangerous enough to hold a combo, and I like that that we say there are no mistakes, only gifts, and so we don't look at the fails as gifts. they become a part of the scene, and then you also know improve it and know that we use a chicken. In part, it's a chicken hat, and part of our workshops. And we call this what I'm about to ask you our chicken champion moment. So, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned throughout your career that has made you become comfortable with the uncomfortable? The most important lesson learned by becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable, your chicken champion moment.
1: It took a while to really figure out what that, what that is. Like, what was my lesson after all of the things that I went through? And I settled on, I am stronger than I thought. I am, I can handle it. I can handle feedback. I can handle failure. And by the way, you know, a lot of the times we, we, we use failures and mistakes anonymously and they're not they're not the same mistakes are learning opportunities and so are failures so that's where they're common but mistakes are a human error a failure sometimes we we think that every one of our little mistakes is a failure and a failure just seems like it's a bigger word than it really is and we make mistakes all the time but a failure is not a mistake and a failure is also a learning opportunity but I think my biggest lesson in that chicken champion moment is I'm stronger than I than I ever thought I was.
0: Yes. These are snaps. These are snaps for you. And I think 2020 is really stretching everybody's strength mm-hmm. limitations. It sounds like 2018 was a very pivotal year for you as well. Yes. So 2018, 2020. Um, but that's so great. And I mean, today's... This podcast episode in particular is inspiring me to want to keep learning, to keep doing better and just keep going. So I hope you know you're doing you're doing the answer to this question that I'm going to ask you because I know what it is. What would you say after learning from these failures is your it or your life's purpose? We say improve it, whatever your it may be. What is your it?
1: Hmm. My it, I would say, is giving voice to those that don't have one. And, you know, I've spent my entire career in the corporate world, and I'm still in the corporate world. I, you know, you said that 2018 was a pivotal year for me, and it was. So was 2019. 2018 was when I found my voice, and 2019 was when I'm like, I, I, I couldn't believe that I used my voice. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a very difficult year last year. I had to really have some deep conversations with myself. I had a coach and my coach asked me some really tough questions that I didn't know the answer to. And through that, I found a purpose. And I, I didn't know if I wanted to go back to corporate America. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I had some consulting clients and I thought, well, consulting was where I wanted to go. Then I had a moment where I'm like, I'm going to go back into sales. And then I realized, no, I don't, I don't want to have a revenue number that I have to meet every single quarter and every month and every week. So I, I realized that my purpose is where it was before, which is in learning and development, because that's where I have the most breath and like reach in terms of reaching people and giving them the safe space to learn, to inspire them to learn, to hopefully resonate with them, to be able to share my own vulnerabilities. I'm, you know, I've made a ton of mistakes and I've had a lot of failures and I quit a job without really knowing what I wanted to do. And I found my way. I survived. I kept a roof over my head. I kept the same lifestyle that I had. And I pivoted, and then I pivoted again. So my life's purpose was really to find a a, play, a home to be able to share the knowledge, the wisdom, and the gifts that I have. And when I think about what I'm doing at Addison Group, I'm really, really proud of the company that I joined. I'm really, really proud of the, the role that I have and the fact that they carved out this role. Usually learning and development is the first thing that companies cut think about it, we were in a state of flux. We still are because of COVID and sales are declining and revenue numbers are declining and people are scared. But yet they said, we are going to focus on our employees. And on top of focusing on the development of our employees, they're focusing on diversity, equality. And by the way, we're calling it equality and not equity at our company. Diversity, equality, and inclusion. Because people need to feel that they belong and people need to have a voice. And what we're seeing today on the news, what we're seeing, you know, uh, what we've been seeing over the last three, four months is that we, people who are marginalized need a voice. And they need people who can share their platforms with them. I'm a, a, a marginalized person, but the role that I'm playing now is that I can give people a voice I can make sure that we work and live in an environment that makes us feel welcome and accepted and that we, most importantly, belong. So that's my purpose.
0: And scene. Okay, girl, this is for real. This is so, I mean, I got chills so many times through that. Even when you said my purpose is to help others find their voice, I fell so in line with that. And it spoke to me and I, I see you living your purpose. So congratulations. I know you had to, yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. I'm watching. Everybody's going to be watching after they listen to this. So keep going. Um, now let me ask you this. What would you do? Loaded question. If you could not fail.
1: Wow. Hmm. You know, I guess there's a, a variety of different routes. Uh, That I would go. I would. I love being able to teach someone something. I love being able to open other people's eyes. So, as corny as it sounds, I would do what I'm what I'm doing. Uh, I just happen to get a paycheck for it. But if I didn't have to get a paycheck for it, I would still do it. And I would fail. I will fail. Uh, I I will fail at any job that I have. But as long as i learn from those failures. so i would i would keep doing it and i would you know either i would do it on my own or i would do it for a company but i would just keep doing what i'm doing now. i love it and realize that i probably will fail. that's it. i'll probably make a mistake. oh for sure. have a failure here and there but i'm going to learn from it.
0: that's it. that's it. what did you fail at today?
1: <laughs> well, unfortunately every day I do fail and I fail at the same thing. And that's my diet. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a Nutter (laughs) Butter.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. A Nutter Butter. Oh, I found those
1: recently. I have I've always had a love for those. But yes, and peanut butter, peanut butter and chocolate. uh, Nutella.
0: Girl, those are my weaknesses. Okay. well, you're you know what? Sometimes it's not failing if it makes you feel good. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You said nutter butter. And I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. give me one of those. Okay. We have come to something that I'm going to surprise you with. It's called the fail. Yeah. Lightning round. Okay. Uh There's a little improv. I'm thinking quickly on your feet. I promise it'll be easy, Um, but I'm going to ask you a series of questions, okay? And I want you to respond as fast as you can with only one word answers. And no, you cannot fail. If you do though, if you say more than one word, I will say fail, yeah. All right, just like that, like that weird raspy voice. Okay, fail, okay. yeah, just like that. <laughs> okay, all right. Are you ready for the fail, yeah, lightning round? I am ready. Okay, one word to describe your early career. Funny. One word to describe where you're currently at in your career. Passionate. One word to describe your future self.
1: Smarter. Oh.
0: One word to describe your favorite boss. Coach. One word to describe your least favorite boss. Mean. One word to describe your leadership style.
1: Inclusive.
0: Oh, one word to describe your fashion style urban chic. Yes. Hyphenated. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, and then one word to describe this interview.
1: Insightful and insightful. I'm going to use two words and you can, you can go ahead and mock me for this, but okay, okay. I would say insightful and reflective.
0: Fail. Yeah. And fail. Yeah. 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 Cause you're, that's fair. That is fair. You know what? This was actually therapeutic for me for some reason. I don't know why. This was when I'm loving listening to your answers and I know our audiences. So I'm so glad that you were able to, yeah, take a moment, reflect on your career. You've had an amazing career and you deserve to share that with everybody. We have so much to learn from the gifts that you've given us here. So first of all, how can people find you if they want to connect with you online?
1: Well, I'm on LinkedIn Every single day. So you can find me on LinkedIn. And I'm also on Instagram. And I like to share my wisdom on Instagram. And, you know, sometimes there are selfies and it's about me self-reflecting. And sometimes it's a quote. But I, I honestly believe that you can learn something by just scrolling through your Instagram feed. And I, that's what I've been doing a lot of. So I like to put a lot on Instagram. So
0: follow me. What's your handle that they can find you at? At? I Malik. Pretty easy. That's it. We'll link to it in the show notes. So first of all, thank you so much to our Failed It family for listening. Please tell me what you want more of based on this episode. You can find me on the gram at keeping it real deal or send us an email at info at learn to improve it.com. That's learn to improve it.com. The best conversations happen at learntoimproveit.com on this episode's page. So drop us a line and tell us what you think about today's episode. Now, Aspa, thank you for being a leader who is small in stature, but mighty in spirit. I know our Failed at fam is going to take away so much goodness from today's show. And we are so excited you decided to share your gifts and fails with us today. So thanks so much, my friend, for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And I always enjoy working with you. You're fun.
0: You're fun. Stop. Keep (laughs) going. All right. And a big fail. Yeah. To the failed it fam. Fail. Yeah. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Failed It. I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And if you enjoyed today's show, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I'll see you next week, but wanna leave you with this thought. What will you fail at today and how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I'm proud of you and you are totally failing it. See you next time.